0: Guys, welcome to the I Love Seaville show. I'm Jerry Miller. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville today in the Macklin building in um, a show that is dynamic and, and, and encourages your participation. We take topics that are national and global, and we localize them. We take topics that are local, and we localize them even more. The show is all about Charlottesville and Central Virginia. It might be called the I Love Seaville show But in this particular circumstance, it's a central Virginia region that we focus on, a 300,000-person market. This market is, is unlike many others, and it's unlike many others because of the economic insulation we have here. That economic insulation is good for jobs. That economic insulation is good for housing and appreciation of value. It's good in a lot of circumstances for small business owners. What that economic insulation is not always good for, though, is cost of living. It makes the area expensive. When you have a market that is protected because of the wealth, because of the university, the science, the technology, the engineering, the math, the finance, the hedge fund, the speculation, the private equity, all that here makes this market damn good and super strong, and it certainly makes it expensive. And that number is getting even more expensive. I want to give some props to Castle Hill and the 231 Festival. Saturday, June 10th, this festival um, is a benefit for the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank. If you want to put the lower third on screen, that would be delightful, my friend, Judah Wickhour. The 231 Festival um, is is dynamite, man. I mean, cider, beer, wine, food trucks, live music, local artisans, activities for kids, this team at Castle Hill does it right. Get tickets, get the VIP, enjoy it with your family. Yours truly will be there. It's the 231 Festival at Castle Hill on June 10th, a Saturday, to benefit the Blue Ridge Area Food Bank. We'll go to a 2 shop Welcome Judah Wickhauer to the program, director of the show, sparring partner of yours truly. Um, a man who wears many hats. I think he has self monikered himself the Jack, is it Jack of all wit or Jack of all hats? Trades. Jack of all trade. Is that what your lower third is? Usually. What do you make about a guy who gets three schools on lockdown at Charlottesville Public Schools? If you want to get a lower third up, maybe the first one, parents freaking out. This goes viral on social media early in the week, and I think in hindsight, the police handled it well, but I just kind of want to break down this process, because initially, when these three schools go on lockdown, we as a community had no idea why they were. There was a trespasser, but who was the trespasser targeting? Was he targeting kids? Was he targeting teachers? Was he targeting admin? Was he targeting faculty? And we both know there's limited stuff that police can say because they don't want to compromise an investigation or a hunt for somebody. What's the proper protocol? You got a notification on the socials from CPD on Facebook and Twitter. You got the notification when the first school went on lockdown. You got the notification when the other two were added to the lockdown because the trespasser, a man who's got beef with the female, this female's got three kids at three different schools at Charlottesville Public Schools. Yeah. So they play it safe and lock down the three schools where the kids are at. Mm-hmm. Parents, understandably, scared. And yeah. to your point earlier in the week, this is the culture this generation is living in. Yeah. How many times this school year alone, twenty twenty in 2023, have students in Charlottesville Public Schools or Albemarle County Public Schools seen men or women in police uniform holding heavy artillery or having bulletproof protection on their bodies? And what does that do to their psyche? Questions you've asked on this show. Yeah. Would you have handled it differently? And conscious and the Charlottesville Police Department—we got to give them props. Have we guys? Have we noticed in this community how we have not had much violence in the headlines of late? Right. We have not had much gun violence. It's been quiet on the police blotter. Okay. So, Police Department, we're giving you props for a job well done. What do you make of the trespassing story, though?
1: I mean, I don't know much about how the. Uh the alerts went out. I just know what I read about, uh, read about it yesterday. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's only so much they can, they can talk about. Uh, and <clears throat> they may not always have a clear idea of what the situation is when something like this first starts happening. So to, uh, to attempt to keep everybody as informed as the most informed person on
0: a particular subject is an, an impossible task yeah yeah it's not an only impossible, is
1: it impossible task. but it's a waste of resources yeah and the sad thing is that we live in a time where people expect this and that's not that's not saying that's not a bad thing i'm not i'm not i'm not saying anything Against uh, parents and anyone else wanting uh, information about their kid's safety, access to information like yeah. this. But we have come to expect you know immediately immediate response, immediate information, immediate feedback, and sometimes it's just not feasible.
0: Are we are we um, victims of our own innovation? Technology and social media have caused word like a trespasser on school grounds, three schools on lockdown. That phrase on Tuesday afternoon was viral in central Virginia, and parents at CPS, parents at Charlottesville High School, Greenbrier, and Burley were scared. Are we victims of our own innovation, success, and technology, where we've gotten so amazing human and mankind and getting the word out about stuff, thanks to phones and technology and social media, that we now expect the same kind of response in every circumstance. I mean, we... I don't know if I'd call us victims. I mean, I, I'm sure this has been
1: the case throughout history. Forever. Things have changed and, and new, uh, new ways of doing things have overtaken old ways of doing things. We've had to adapt and change our way of thinking. Uh, we all know that technology is outstripping our uh, our understanding, which is a little bit worrisome, but at the same time, I think in, you know it 's just uh, here 's the I, interesting we 're just, in just in a period of
0: of um, of learning Johnny Arnalelis, thank you for sharing the show Johnny, thank you for that gift card to Guadalajara It was fantastic Johnny Arrnalis you made my family 's day Amen. on uh, the sixth of May when we went out with our little boys for lunch um, at Guadalajara. Um, Vanessa Parkell, Earliesville, welcome to the program. The interesting thing about this story is Greenbrier, Burley, and Charlottesville High School, these three, or excuse me, Buford, Buford Middle School. I've been calling it Burley, Buford, Buford, Buford. Um, these three, Greenbrier Elementary, Charlottesville High, and Buford Middle, Judah, they will have an officer posted at the school for the rest of this week. So essentially a makeshift school resource officer at the door of these three schools for the rest more, of the week. I heard it was more than one. Well, for the rest of the week. Now we have a lot coming here. Minimum one will be at the door for the rest of the week, which I think that's a good call. That's absolutely a good call. This is a perfect segue into the next topic. Which school system has had the more difficult year? If you want to update that lower third you got Charlottesville Public School or Albemarle County Public School. Which system, adjacent school systems, has had the most challenging year? I mean, any way you were going to slice this, this close to getting out of COVID, the year is going to be challenging. You're going to have behavior problems. You're going to have adjustment problems. But which of the two have had the most challenging year? ACPS, I'm going to highlight some of the challenges. Some of the challenges are common to both. Bus driver issues for both. Um, teacher dissatisfaction for both seems to be way more present in ACPS than CPS. The teacher dissatisfaction. And the dissatisfaction rests with leadership and quality of life as a teacher. Hmm. Okay, um, ACPS had the JV football team Locker room, hazing, assault, incident in the fall, right? You got the numerous fights and brouhaha's at the high school that have been documented on this show pretty quite clearly on this program. Which of the two has had the more challenging year? Interestingly, the bus driver shortage impacts the county school system way more than the city because the county is much larger and has much more geographical territory to cover. This walking bus, for example, that the city is utilizing would never work in the county. Yeah. Which one do you think has had a more challenging year?
1: I mean I'm I'm just gonna pick A
0: C P S. What are you basing it on? Nothing. I mean just picking something basing it on nothing. Yeah, I mean,
1: if we if we could like weight the uh, the different aspects of all the different things they've gone through and tally it up, maybe I'd have an easy answer. But uh
0: I think it's ACPS too. You got the school board political landmine. You got David Oberg quitting from the school board. They had to fill that spot. Yeah. You had. A lot of people within ACPS have issues with how Chairwoman Katrina Coulson was utilizing um, school resources with some of these town halls. Some folks have thought that those town halls were more campaign events for her race for delegate as opposed to town halls to try to get intel as, for her position as chairwoman. I had no problem with the town halls. She's entitled to, to meet... Constituents and parents and people that live in Almoral as the chairwoman of the school board. She's coincidentally running for delegate. No problem with the town halls. Okay? You've had collective bargaining, huge problem over the course of this year with ACPS. Hopefully we're heading to some promise and some potential with that topic with collective bargaining. Thanks, thanks in part to Johnny Ornalis' beautiful better half watching this program who's led this charge. Mary McIntyre watches the show from time to time. She's led the charge as well. But I think if you compare the two side by side, ACPS certainly has had a more challenging year than Charlottesville Public Schools. ACPS has had issues with rebranding and renaming schools. Mm. You had a gentleman on the rebranding committee at Merriweather send us an email, which we documented on this show, He's on the rebranding committee at Meriwether Elementary, and he said he initially got on this committee because he was told he was told it was a committee that was going to consider whether or not to change the name Meriwether Lewis. He quickly found out he was tricked, and it's not a consideration committee; it's a undoubtedly rebranding committee. So many like chapters, or so many episodes to the ACPS soap opera. Yeah. And and CPS can legitimately say this. ACPS has overshadowed us this year. <laughs> I mean, hell, K-Tech. That's another topic that came up this year with ACPS and CPS. Yeah. Charlottesville buying out Albemarle <coughs> from K-Tech. Almoro initially started the buyout process, and because Almoro County Public Schools started the buyout of Charlottesville for K Tech, K Tech CPS said, "Not so fast. We want this," and they bought them out.
1: Well, they had to decide.
0: I mean, you got, and it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Of. Well, wait till we start seeing some of these reconfiguration plans for the bathrooms, and plans for layouts for future schools. Plans based on a mindset, and I'm not saying the mindset's good or bad or anything. I'm just talking about plans based on a mindset of of uh, inclusion okay. and equity. That's going to get folks talking. You know that as well as I will. I do. Yeah. All right. Next topic, my friend. Let's do this one quickly, and then I want to get to the bomb threat and the Laura Foner news. I believe Chef Foner watching the program. Chef Foner, we're going to give you some props today. We enjoyed the Siva uh, Weekly um, article that highlighted your transition to sole ownership of Siren Restaurant. I found the article refreshing, and I also thought you did a good job, and your team did as well, of taking the high road. The tough quotes in that Seville Weekly story about the financing and how you guys pretty much got shafted by Hunter and his team, you had your general manager give those quotes to the Seville, or at least that's how it was printed, and I thought she did a great job with her quotes of not throwing him under the bus, but still holding him accountable. Did you read the article? Uh, Is it a more recent one? Yeah, on the Seville. came out this week. It was excellent. I I want to highlight a couple of uh, talking points from it. First, um, two pieces of news I need to get out. I got an email yesterday from Rebecca Berlin. She sent it yesterday at 10.32 p.m. She said, Jerry, I am excited to announce that on Friday, April 29th, I filed the paperwork to run for the seat I currently hold on the school board For the Whitehall District, please see the attached document for my background, belief statements, why I am running, what my priorities are, and what I have learned being part of the board to date. Remember, she filled in for Oberg. This is the David Oberg appointment. If you want to get the lower third on screen up to. She said, I will soon have a website. You're going to be able to find the website at RebeccaBerlinForSchoolBoard.org. She says, please feel free to reach out at this email with any questions about my candidacy, And I'm working on a date for a formal announcement at the COB, and we'll let you know what is scheduled. Thank you. So Rebecca Berlin goes from interim appointee to now running full-time for school board. She's currently the Whitehall representative. She was appointed to the seat December 2020, excuse me, December 2022, And she began serving in January of 2023. She's lived in the county for over 20 years and in the Whitehall District for over 15. Technically, and this is me being the grammar police, when you don't use over when you're talking about time. It's more than. So I have lived in the county. She has for over 20 years. It's more than 20 years. It's not over 20 years. But that's the grammar police. That's the reporter and me coming out of here. Um, she's a mom. She has two amazing children who went to Broadestwood, Journey and Almoral High School. Her son, Thomas, graduated in 2020. And her daughter, Samantha, will graduate in 2024. So she's got an oldest that graduated COVID year and a daughter that's graduating in 2024. So that's the news. The interim um, Whitehall District. That seat, when Oberg resigned, the replacement for Oberg had an interim title. She was the stopgap. She's choosing to run for a potential four-year term now. Last piece, or two other pieces of news, and then I want to weave Judah back in. Bomb threat yesterday at Rivana Ridge Shopping Center. Actually, let's go to you on a two-shot. Can you imagine being at the giant... A, A, how many people know that's called the Rivanna Ridge Shopping Center? The one on Pantops? Probably nobody. I think very few people know that's called the Rivanna Ridge Shopping Center. They just call it the giant shopping center. This is the shopping center with Styx Pizza. It's the one at the top of the hill. Top of the hill. This used to be the shopping center where Christian's Pizza and Lilo's Pizza was. Now it's DIY Pizza. Styx is there. Giant is there. I believe they have a Taekwondo place there. Can you imagine shopping for some fresh produce? You pick up a couple of cantaloupe. You press the cantaloupe to see if they're ripe or not and whether or not you want to purchase these cantaloupe. Maybe you sniff them. Maybe you shuffle them from hand to hand. Maybe you do whatever the hell you do before you make it the cantaloupe decision. And over the loudspeaker at the grocery store at Giant, Someone gets on the speaker over the store and says, a bomb threat has been called. Evacuate the grocery store right now. Leave your cart where it's at. Take nothing with you. And get behind the emergency yellow tape that the police have pulled out in front of our grocery store. Move, move, move. There's a bomb potentially in the building. That's what happened yesterday. Here goes my shopping trip. Why would someone... Bomb threat. A shopping center where a grocery store is an anchor. You hear of the bomb threats for getting out of tests or school, yeah. cutting class, whatever. But your wife gives you a honeydew list and you don't want to make it down aisle five to pick up the cantaloupe, so you call in a bomb threat. You don't want to pick up some toiletries, so you call in a bomb threat. You're disturbed because the bagels and the croissants and the bread are not fresh, so you call in a bomb threat. And imagine the people shopping yesterday in the store. Yeah. Speaker overhead, we've been told there may be a bomb on the premises. Leave your cart where it is, and exit the building right now. Think about that. 2023, to your point, the world we live in. And it's not just kids. This is at a grocery store and a shopping center. In the middle of the day, yeah on a, on a Tuesday, it's not just kids. Yeah. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing is, after the place was secured and we found it was clear and there was no bomb on the premises, people just went back buying their cantaloupe like it was no big deal. As opposed to what? I don't know. I mean, there probably was a time and place where someone calling it a bomb threat was a big deal. Yeah. Now, it's like someone ran a red light. Right. I mean, not quite at that level, but you get my point. It's It's like a weekly happenstance.
1: Well, it's more the saturation of information that uh, we all hear about this kind of thing constantly where 50 years ago it would've if it wasn't in the paper or on people's lips gossiping at the grocery store or, you know, the barber shop or wherever, then how would you hear about it?
0: Yeah. Are we is our stress caused by these events the collateral damage of innovation success? Yeah, part of it. The innovation success of instant communication causes stress that other generations may not have had because they didn't know about this stuff. And if they did find out, it was probably after it was over and resolved. So stress levels didn't peak. Yeah. That's another thing that should be studied. How has mankind's stress levels risen to, to different levels or heightened because of instantaneous communication and the stresses that go along with it. Because you're absolutely right. No one would have known about bomb threat in Rivanna Ridge or a trespasser at Greenbrier Elementary 20, 30 years ago until the paper the next morning. Yeah. If they read the paper. Cool. So they would never have had those two circumstances to cause them stress until the next day when it's already resolved. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like the people that follow their stock portfolios in real time. Mm-hmm. Versus thirty years ago following your, your stock portfolio, you probably had to pick up your phone and call your broker. Or look at the newspaper. Or get an update. Right. That's what I'm saying. The stress is the collateral damage of success innovation. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Two topics left, and then we'll get to your comments. Put your comments in the feed. Albert Graves, we'll get to your comments. Kevin Yancey, Bill McChenzie, we'll get to your comments. Let us know what you guys want to talk about. Share show ideas with us. Um, and we'll gladly um, relay some of your ideas on, on the show. Ginny who is watching on Twitter. What's up, Ginny Who? John Blair, hello. Let's give Foner some props. Is, 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 is Foner watching right now? Or Foner? I know I saw that she liked the show. Seville Weekly, if you haven't read the article from the Seville Weekly, you should. I was impressed with the writing of the article by the journalists. The headline's called Shored Up, S-H-O-R-E-D Up. The author of the article is Carrie Messler. And this article basically is like the flip book of Laura Fawner at Siren and since COVID. I mean, I've talked about this on the program here. She was the heir apparent to take over Duners and be the owner of this beloved Ivy institution. Executive chef, when you thought Duners, you thought Laura. And she was ready to take it over. I mean, the plans were in motion. COVID changed everything. Mm. Retirement plans get all get all muddled up. And the heir apparent to take over dooners doesn't have such a clear track to take over ownership of this restaurant anymore. So next thing you know, you're kind of in a per- state of professional purgatory. And when you're in a state of professional purgatory, especially during a pandemic, and that's what Laura was, She was in professional purgatory during a pandemic, uncertain of what to do. The decision she made was a business relationship with Hunter Smith, who at the time had all the I's dotted and T's crossed, and at the time had an empire that seemed to be booming. The relationships initially started with the food truck dumpling, and Laura's dumplings are amazing. Yeah, I mean, she's brought them to us twice. She used to to just make them at home because she was bored. Homemade dumplings she brought and dropped to us and we ate them. And Laura, your effing dumplings are fantastic, Laura. Remember when you dropped them off and made them for us here? I took them home to my wife and she said, these are the best dumplings I have ever had. She handmade them. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you this. Running a business called Dumpling out of an old, beat-up food truck that is not reliable, does not work and run all the time, standing on your feet constantly in 100-plus degree temperatures is a tough, tough way to make a living. Yeah, It's a tough way to make a living. Next thing you know, the Dumpling time was not as persistent, time on the truck, and you started seeing Laura hopping at some of Hunter's other restaurants. Siren manifests itself in the old Shabin spot, which she does in partnership with him. Mm-hmm. She does what she does well, the kitchen and keeping customers happy and keeping them coming back. Yeah. Hunter promises to do what he says he does well, which is the business piece, the the finance, The bookkeeping, the payroll, the bills, the receivables, the the payables, all the crap that chefs don't want to do. Yeah. Long story short, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't doing it, and no one on his team was. The electricity was turning off at random times. Yeah. The gas that you need for your kegs to pour beer out of the taps, CO2. Those bills weren't being paid. Hmm. Payroll was bouncing. And you got a chef who's got a great brand in a great menu, but the concept is in peril because someone's not holding their end of the agreement. And then you find this was the case elsewhere. Seville highlights multiple posts that Laura has done on her socials. And today, she's the proud owner of Siren by herself. I mean, you could legitimately say, without hyperbole and, and just being straightforward, that blood, sweat, and tears in that restaurant hers. It's a success story. It's a love story. It's a story that has heartbreak. It's a story that has crisis and conflict. It's a story of hope and entrepreneurship and dreams. It's a story of divorce. It's a story of... A lot would argue allegedly criminal activity But when it's all said and done, it's a story of recovery. Hmm. And of finding yourself. And of bettering yourself. And of proving to everyone how strong you are. Because you've known all, all along you were. And all those times when your back was against the wall and you had to find the strength and you never thought you would ever be in a circumstance this difficult again, all those times were prepping you for this. And you ran through the finish line like an effing champion. And as a result, you got this all to yourself. And I would bet you, without speaking to her, she loves it even more. Because look how hard she had to get Look at what you had to do to get it. Yeah. If you're working your tail off for something, it's sweeter once you get it. No doubt. It's a success story. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a story of resilience. Fuck, it's a story of small business. Being a small business owner. Chad Wood, I feel for her as well. Good for her. She definitely earned it. I agree. Laura is the bomb. Scott in Virginia Beach, I agree. I love her food. Scott says champion will never get a penny of his money. Scott Aaronworth watching in Virginia Beach. Ivy, Crozet, Richmond, Short Pump, Northern Virginia on the heat map. Albert Graves watching the program as we speak. Carol Thorpe and Lisa Custolo, I'll get to the uh, comments here in a matter of moments. Do you want to talk about the mom who's now talking to the media about her son who shot the teacher in Newport News, if you want to put that lower third up? She's saying it's extreme case of ADD. Did you see that? You buy that? This is the story. I'll get your take here. The teacher that got shot in Newport News, kindergarten or first grade. It was one of those two grades. The kid was six. Little boy gets the gun from his mom at the house, at their house. Mom says the gun was in a box locked on a top shelf. How a six-year-old boy got to a top shelf and unlocked the box is a question we all should be asking. The little boy then gets the gun from his mom. Mom purchased the gun legally, legally. Gets the gun from his mom without her knowing and manages to sneak the gun into elementary school. This is a 6-year-old boy. He has a gun. Where's he going to do it? In his waistband? And is he going to put the gun in his Spider-Man lunchbox? Is the gun going in his Captain America backpack? Will the gun be going next to his Wolverine thermos? How is a six-year-old boy sneaking a gun into the school? Especially in his waistband? Especially with a serious, serious case of ADHD. My kid is this age, our oldest. There's not a chance in hell my oldest, who is five years old in a rising gardener, has the skill or the slyness, or the wiliness to sneak a gun into the school. Anyway, we're, 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 that's, that's one of my first problems here, is how the hell does a six-year-old get a gun into a school? Here's my next problem with this. The multiple warnings that people in the school said to the administrators about this kid saying he had a gun. We all had a problem with that. And now the mom is trying to do damage in PR control by saying he's got extreme ADD. And that extreme ADD led to this shooting of a teacher in Newport News, the teacher who's got ties to Greene County, grew up in Greene County, went to JMU, now a teacher in Newport News. I think she's going to get paid a boatload of money, this teacher. Yeah. What do you make of the mom doing this media PR tour?
1: I mean, it's kind of odd because... It's odd, right? Well, my my biggest kind of head-scratcher is... Uh, you know, I, I get that she's trying to defend her son's actions, but really none of that changes the, uh, the charges against her. Uh, felony neglect and reckless storage of a firearm. I mean, the
0: question is still, how did the kid get the gun? How did I, the kid get the gun? I'm
1: not really, you know, it's... What's it's a, more troubling
0: for a, you? Is a, it how the kid got the gun or how did the kid ha- sneak it into school without anyone knowing?
1: I'd say it's more troubling how he snuck it into the school. Me too. Uh, how he got it. I mean, you know, kids are, kids are nuts. Kids are nuts. Kids They're are crafty. they are crazy. Who knows how he got it, got it out of where it was. I mean, she could be telling the, the God's honest
0: God's honest or truth. Or she could be lying. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. matter. <clears throat> but sneaking it into the school, right? When you're six years old. I mean, a gun is not. I mean, really, I'm, it's, it's concerning, but. Concerning?
1: But an elementary school is not, I, I don't know that elementary schools all have uh, metal detectors at all the entrances nowadays. I don't think they've, they've gone that far yet. And there's no reason to think that teachers should be searching a six-year-old's backpack or whatever. So it, it's not really surprising that he was able
0: to sneak it in. Deep Throat says this, extreme ADD. So what does that mean? Jeffrey Dahmer had compulsive eating problems. That's not right. But uh... <laughs> deep throat, always, always pushing deep I'm, throat. <laughs> Good does, to see you. If, if somebody who
1: knows more about
0: ADHD and hyperactivity, I have ADHD. I have diagnosed at UVA by a therapist in college as ADHD. Okay. I legitimately have ADHD. There are levels of ADHD. But that doesn't mean you know much about it. I mean, I know a fair amount about it. I don't profess to be an ADHD, ADHD expert, but I have ADHD. Diagnosed in college. ADHD. All right. Something that I have struggled with and now harnessed as an advantage for a lot of my life. But struggled before you figure out how to harness it. As you do with a lot of stuff in life. There are varying degrees of ADHd i've seen folks with ADHD that have had it so bad that these people could not even sit in their chair, like literally ants in their pants, that kind of bad. But for her to go and say he 's got extreme ADD, this is some kind of attorney feeding him some feeding her some kind of lie I mean and what would you like to see the mom? prosecuted would I like to not particularly you don't think the mom should be held accountable
1: I didn't say that I just uh, you feel bad for her I just don't have
0: any particular desire to see her prosecuted I think uh, we have to do a better job of this isn't going to be about guns and owning guns but what this is going to be about is storing our guns And keeping them away from children. A six-year-old being able to get your gun, that's a crime. That's a crime. That is a crime. If the six-year-old was able to get her keys, get in her car, and drive somewhere, that's a crime, right? Is it? You don't think that's a crime? A neglect of some kind, a six-year-old taking the keys from his mother, getting in the car that the mom has, and driving away while the mom's supposed to be watching the kid, that's a crime. Is it? Yes. Is it? Neglect. Endangerment. I mean, I, okay. Parents have to protect their children, right? Sure. A mom would get in trouble if her six-year-old walked out the door of the house and was playing in the street amongst traffic. If she would get in trouble if the six-year-old walked out of the house and was playing in the street amongst traffic, should the mom not get in trouble if her six-year-old gets her gun and brings it to school and shoots his teacher? I mean, we... said that what the charges
1: are? Neglect, and uh, what was it? uh
0: I would bet, Bill McChesney, you were 100% right. He says, I would venture a guess that this young man was a constant disruption and creator of turmoil in the classroom daily. I 100% would bet you were 100% right. He also says, some say the worst ship that ever sailed is partnership. Laura Foner and Hunter right there, the partnership. Albert Graves says, "Gun owners must be responsible with their guns and take responsibility for their actions that happen with their guns." Exactly, Amen, brother. Yeah. He also says, "What kids see within the within the environment they grow up and live in is how they will act in public." That's fair. That is fair. Carol Thorpe says, "Jerry and Judah." can we please permanently extract the word hazing from what happened in the Almoral High School locker room? A young man was criminally sodomized, I will add the word allegedly, with foreign objects by his fellow students and changed forever. That's how it should be described so that its gravity is never mistaken or lost. That's fair. We know that... kids were charged. It's still very clandestine. Lisa Costello says, my son has ADHD and autism. I was advised to get my gun out of my house away from my son, and I did immediately. She says, I can see Jerry with ADHD. Judah, you do not have ADHD. No, he does not. No, I do not. No, he does not. Uh, I certainly do. Um. yeah Kevin Yancey says what's it say when the school requires a parent to be there at school there were requirements of this young man in Newport News where parents had to be present at school frequently Well, and that's then
1: it's definitely not a lawyer
0: telling her to say that her son has ADHD you don't think so well, it can't be both. He can't I think I think someone's in our ear saying you better push this on some kind of like. Well, he, either he does or he
1: doesn't. If he requires a a parent in the class with him, then I would guess Well, that the he parent would... in the
0: class with him was from previous issues he's had in the school.
1: Okay. I mean, did were they but surely
0: other issues is just acting up ADHD yeah probably I mean that's probably the base that's the base of a lot of bad decision making yeah because the ADHD creates um, uh, a more likeliness to be um, you know do things without thinking okay that's it's, you're more likely to do things to act up to be to, you, you, you lack impulse control as much impulse control as others okay Bill McChesney says he didn't know until his late 40s that he had ADD. Chad Wood says if bad people have guns, good people need them too. I, I'm, I'm not making this about guns or gun rights.
1: No. We this is
0: not about gun rights. I haven't gone territory. down the gun rights topic. I just said it's about safe gun ownership. I am... I am you, you have the right to defend yourself. I will never marginalize the right to defend yourself and the right to bear arms. But what my commentary today was about was about safe gun ownership. And what she did was not, because a six year old cra- should not be able to crack something to get a gun. Right. We're not talking about a 16 year old here, right? We're talking about a six year old. You wanted to mention something about the water parks. I want to encourage people to follow I Love Seville on Instagram. <coughs> Let them know about the gun, the. Uh, the water parks. I thought your story was pretty good.
1: Uh, <coughs> I didn't even know about these until today. I, uh, I had been hearing for the last few days about the fact that uh, that the the water parks around uh, around Charlottesville were seriously short on on uh,
0: lifeguards. Yeah.
1: <coughs> Excuse me. And you. so it was interesting that i just saw this uh this article today about the fact that uh that uh, they're what do they call them spray parks
0: <laughs> yeah spray parks are great man and my son my our oldest loves the spray parks
1: <clears throat> and it sounds like it's uh sounds like it be, could be a really good thing uh for the for the city for kids who are uh i have no idea what when school starts or ends around here <laughs> i know they've got some we used to have f- like three months of summer now they've got what one and a half or something
0: i think they still have a fair amount of summer but you know, yeah i don't know the exact amounts but i mean running around in a spray park sounds so fun right
1: yeah well that's the thing uh today's going to be 80 degrees yeah. uh, i think these are opening let's see beginning saturday at 10 a.m. they'll be open so this is great for the kids this is great for parents that need uh... you know that need to bring their kids somewhere to to do something for the day this is uh... this is great for the uh, hopefully for the pools maybe with maybe it'll uh... what's the word i'm looking for uh... ease the the pressure of a lot of the people that would be going to the pools spread out uh, Spread that out amongst the pools and the spray parks, and I think it sounds like uh, yeah a great deal, a lot of fun and uh and a good alternative to to the pools, which may or may not be open every day of the week if they if they don't uh, if they
0: don't get some some more lifeguards There we come yeah it's a shame man the uh lifeguards at the pay private facilities, the costly private facilities are fully staffed. But the lifeguards at a lot of the city and county facilities where you have to pay a very nominal amount to get in, they are lacking lifeguards for staffing, so they're closing or limiting the hours, which sucks because the haves are having, getting, and the have-nots are left with the short end yet again. But that's what's happened. Um, Carol makes this comment. Yes, I I did see the video, um, Carol, about the incident in the locker room, but I still utilize the word allegedly for fear of lawsuit. I did see the video. It was despicable. It was heinous, but I utilize the word allegedly for fear of lawsuit and to minimize legal exposure. I haven't seen anything, so I don't know. That's why I use the word allegedly. It's the responsibility that comes with something like this. Um, Curtis Shaver says, "I use the one at Belmont Park all the time in the summer after I mow the lawn." Oh, Curtis Shaver! Hmm. You might see Curtis Shaver cutting that, the grass in Belmont. Is that it, a spray one or a uh, spray part? Yeah, nice. Curtis Shaver cutting the grass in I don't Belmont. Know
1: I've even seen he's going to have
0: a couple cool bud heavies, ice cold bud heavies after cutting the grass, and then after he's finishing drinking that ice cold bud heavy, the second one. He meanders and moseys on down to the spray park in Belmont. He takes off his shirt, takes off his shorts, keeps his boots on, puts his arm in the air, and just shakes his body as the spray hits his chest after cutting the grass. Curtis Shaver, that's what he does. Alrighty then. That's an image right there. Um, it's good to see you, C. Shave. All right, that's the talk show. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Chad. We are back tomorrow at 12.30. We should give them props for the 231 Festival. You guys should go to the 231 Festival on Saturday, June 10th. I went last year. It's awesome. Beer, wine, cider, food trucks, art, stuff for kids, live music, friendly setting, Castle Hill, June 10th, fantastic event. Get tickets early and get the VIP ones. The extra cost for the VIP one is worth it. Get the VIP ones. Judah Howard, Jerry Miller, the I Love Seville show on a Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.